Hi everyone, welcome to the sixth episode of Under Control. My name is Paul Bartlett, and on today's show is Yitti van der Doelvaard, who is the Privacy Director of DMCC Netherlands. Yitti has worked with the Dutch Ministry of Economic Affairs as a big data expert and members of the Privacy Commission of VNO NCW. In this episode, we will discuss the background of the Shares 2 judgment, an outcome which has invalidated the Privacy Shield Act between the US and Europe. Hey Yitti, thanks for you for joining today. What I'd like to do is to get started with a bit of background about your company and the sectors that you work in and uh, and we'll just go from there. I know we've got one particular topic which is going to be very interesting for me, myself and the listeners around the Sherms too. So over to you. Great, thank you. Well, I'm Yitti van Dodewaert and I'm uh-huh. a, a director at DMCC Netherlands. We are basically a consulting firm and moreover in the area of privacy, e-privacy, telecommunications, and uh, IT security. And what you see is that, you know, in the past years, organizations always have to be diligent with data. And we advise a lot of companies, charitable organizations, NGOs, publishers, telecoms, organizations about their use of data, mostly for commercial purposes. So for marketing or campaign as the use of Facebook, the use of Google, that kind of uh-huh. things. Okay. And uh, so you basically focus right across the board there. And what, when you say the, the privacy, so what does that cover? I mean, obviously it's GDPR, but what else is there that you, that you advise on? Well, we, do, we also do a little bit of, well, we do privacy, but also a little bit of consumer protection. So mm-hmm. unfair commercial practices. So in the Netherlands, you have very strict regulation on, for example, had the sales of, of energy to customers and you have to make a, a, a measured offer based on their actual use of gas and electi. Mm-hmm. And what we do is, uh, well, they, they make these offers yeah, via telemarketing or uh, doorstep selling. And, and, and what we do is we get all the telemarketing conversations that were, well, I think that they had in a certain week. Uh, with mm-hmm. potential consumers and we see whether or not they are compliant with uh, rules and regulations. So not only privacy, but also the Telecommunications Act, the Do Not Call Register and the Made to Measure Offer. So do they really use the uh, use data of the consumer and make an offer based on that data? And how many of you in your organization? Uh, is it quite a large organization? Yeah, we are. I think uh, I think we have about 20 people uh, mm-hmm. working for us right now. And we also work with a lot of independent contractors who basically do the, the auditing of the phone conversation and also some mystery shopping. So we've trained them especially for that purpose. Okay, mystery shopping. That's, uh, that's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we've got another topic today, which I'm, I'm keen to hear about because uh, I'm not too, uh, too knowledgeable about this, which is the Sherms 2 result and um, what was the the outcome of that? I take this is something which was reflected to the US Privacy Shield. Yeah, true. I think uh, the Sherms 2 is a topic that basically has profound impact on all European organizations. Mm-hmm. Sherms 2 is the outcome of a very long court case and now it, it has a final decision uh, uh, within the European uh, uh, Court of Justice, which basically says that all data transfer First, to the US under the privacy shield, which I will explain in a bit, are illegitimate. And the privacy shield was basically a kind of uh, regulation, a set of uh, mutual agreements between the European Commission and I think the American Chamber of Commerce, extra agreements about data protection, allowing companies, American companies, that, that would stick to those agreements to also process data of European citizens because under the privacy shield, they could ensure 
an adequate level of data protection compared to the level you would have under the GDPR, the General Data Protection right. Regulation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, so that was uh, found illegitimate by the European Court of Justice. So basically all organizations using American suppliers such as uh, Google, Facebook, Salesforce, MailChimp, uh, whatever you can think of might be in trouble. <laughs> uh-huh i see and, and and in what case then is if they in trouble i mean what what's what, when you say the, the it's invalid the outcome um and it's been passed what can companies expect or not expect now i don't know because you're we're kind of in a situation where the reality does not reflect the legal reality mm -hmm. for one bit because every organization uses american suppliers but with uh, the, the the ruling of the eu court of justice uh, most of that usage has become illegitimate. So you're basically using suppliers uh, without it having a, a legal basis. And of course, there are some ways in which you can still have processed the data legitimate, but but the outcome is, is, is very profound, as I said already, because mm -hmm. it, it basically says you cannot use American suppliers anymore under the privacy shields. There are some alternatives. So you can, the European Commission has some standard contractual clauses. And if you have Google processing your personal data or you use Facebook services or MailChimp, you can get into one of these standard contractual clauses with them in which they basically, again, contractually promise uh, to ensure an adequate level of protection. Also, the EU Court of Justice says you need to check whether or not those standard your, uh, contractual clauses uh, can be upheld by the company in question. And that provides with a whole new problem. Because if you look at the ruling, the basic problem is that the American surveillance, also under the privacy shield, still had too much access to European citizen data. European citizens didn't have enough means to take you to court if they felt like their privacy was infringed. Mm -hmm. So even if you have the contract in place, the question still remains whether or not the companies who ha who have those contracts can can protect you from the surveillance of the American government. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so I mean, what would happen in this? Well, I mean, I know you say it's a gray zone, but what would happen now? I mean, a lot of companies are probably in a bit of a dilemma now because they've probably got they contracts are. with U.S. companies. And this they made major well. investments. Yeah, yeah. They, they made major investments. They have an infrastructure based on on, on, on Google Docs yeah. or, or they use Microsoft Office. They do a lot. So probably yeah, the European Commission, has already said, will be looking into this and we'll be uh, updating our standard contractual clauses and we'll be looking if we can make a privacy shield again, but it, it, it probably remains uh, very much insecure. So I think what we advise businesses is also had, uh, take a look at the American suppliers that you use, take a look if they already have their standard contractual clauses in place, if they don't make sure that they get some, and also use some common sense. Uh, maybe the storage of email data in the US is not that bad, but maybe uh -huh. the storing of very sensitive, like, for example, patient information or special categories of data about medical history or sexuality. Maybe you want to reconsider storing that kind of data with an American supplier and check if there's a European alternative. Yeah. And where do you see the industries that are most affected? I mean, I can just think of a couple that I work with now, now that you're telling me about this, and I'm thinking maybe pharmaceutical data, maybe where there are clinical trials going on, where they should collaborate and share information across the yeah. Atlantic. I think is the impact there is, is is the highest because even if 
you don't the the gdpr requires you to provide for an adequate level of data protection but yeah. if you process special categories of data as for the instances that you described you are to ensure the utmost level of data protection mm-hmm. and also with this ruling you you should be wondering whether or not storing your data with an American service provider uh, is meeting those requirements. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's definitely an issue. And also Schrems, which is the man, he, he's a privacy activist who actually initiated uh, this court case, has issued complaints with, I think, 101 uh, European based companies for their use of Google and Facebook. Right. You, can always, you can already feel where that's going, right? Because they yeah. will probably have to respond to that campaign. But also the GDPR offers very much possibilities for, for collective redress so that consumers can issue a complaint and, and it can be a court case with uh, remedies and stuff like that. So yeah. so it's, it's very much uh, exciting to see what's going to happen. <laughs> for some people, yeah, it may be exciting for yeah, others. Yeah. I could be, can imagine it being quite, <laughs> quite daunting at the moment, um, certainly for US companies. And so where do, do you see, uh, right now there's not a solution for this, but do you see something potentially what you see personally that could could resolve this, could resolve these issues, or is it just so big at the moment that you know, each sector is going to have to look at it different ways that they might be able to manage and handle it. Yeah, for me, I wonder whether a new privacy shield or updated mm-hmm. uh, clauses can actually tackle the problem. It will probably lead to mm-hmm. a situation where it will be allowed again for a couple of years. But but when you truly investigate what the American government can still do in right. even with these contracts or, or shield in, in place, I think you would have to come to the conclusion that it's more than a European government would be able yeah. to do. So, or that would have to be, would have to fundamentally change. And if it doesn't, you have to look at, at alternatives. So maybe you can steer, still store your data in the US, but do an encrypted or yeah. uh, some providers such as I think Microsoft, but also Salesforce and Amazon offer the possibility to have your data stored on European servers. So maybe if you store it in Europe and you store it encrypted, that would be an alternative as to, again, go and deal with American suppliers under a renewal of the shield, mm-hmm. then wait for another court case and then be in the same predicament four years later. Yeah. So I, I'm thinking as well around um, when you're touching on sort of data sovereignty, data residency options, I mean, where does this come into play? Is that also something that can basically soothe the problem a little bit more by having these options in place, even if you're working with American company, but the American companies ensuring that that data is not leaving the GDPR region. uh, Is that potentially one option as a solution? I think that that's kind of the best way to to find the solution because I don't think the American uh, surveillance will change its method of working uh, uh, that soon. So I think the companies themselves will have to come up with smarter ways of, of processing data and of storing data to comply with the GDPR because otherwise it will probably not happen now and it, and it will probably not happen in one or two years. But when you do need a, a new IT infrastructure, then having an American-based supplier would be considered a risk, which would probably make you look at a European-based supplier uh, earlier if these issues aren't tackled anytime soon. Yeah. And that being said, I mean, we've just seen what's obviously we've all been experienced with the case of COVID-19. Yeah. And I know personally, my son has been working online from Google Google Classroom, for example, which is again, US provider. And it seems like or could seem like that for certainly in the near future, a lot more people are going to be working remotely. 
and again yes, that presents definitely. an additional challenge as well is that your feeling as well yeah definitely yeah mm -hmm. so so the infrastructure that the organizations provides has been essential also in the times for for covid i've been having so many teams mm -hmm. meetings myself you know so I've been using it also. So on the one hand, you have the efficiency it brings and also yeah. the, the technology it brings. And on the other hand, you have the threat for privacy. And I think that's something that is a problem for all kinds of organizations. My, my mother-in-law is a doctor and they they needed to, to talk to other doctors and talk to their peer, but they've been looking for a long time for, for a video conferencing option that was actually safe. So mm -hmm. there's a lot of question for very reliable, very high data privacy infrastructure solutions, I think. Yeah, but I wanted to step back and, and understand a little bit more about the, the US Privacy Shield. What does it mean in layman's terms for people who don't know anything about it? I mean, if you're running a small business in you know, in Holland or in the UK, um, is it going to affect you? Is it going to impact you? Or are we just thinking that it's Microsoft dealing with someone like BASF or something like that? Where's the potential impact? Is it for the SMEs as well as the large enterprise customers? Yeah, the, um, the potential impact of the of the ruling, of the Schrems ruling is, I think, as well for, for SMEs as for big mm -hmm. companies. Although if you see, it will probably first impact the, the larger companies. Mm hmm However, if you look at this data economy that we live in, you can have an SME with, with 20 employees and still have a, a lot, a lot of data right. that you process. And probably if you are an SME, you don't have the money to have your in-house developers building you a homegrown platform. So you'll yep. be more inclined to use the existing platforms of Google and Microsoft. And the ruling does not make any difference between large and small companies. So uh -huh. if the ruling says it's illegitimate, it's as illegitimate for an SME as it is for a large larger retailer or, or e-commerce companies. So I think it will have effects on all of them. But the, mm -hmm. the bigger or the smaller effect, I think you should search more into which categories of data do you process. Mm -hmm. So if you process very sensitive categories of data, I would ser seriously start thinking about moving everything to a European supplier. If it's regular like customer data, then of mm -hmm. course, with, with the right precautions, you can still use your American suppliers. Uh, but the impact is, is quite profound because basically European law says you cannot uh, process personal data outside the European Union if there's no adequate level of protection. If validation of the privacy shield, uh, mm -hmm. America does not offer a, a valid level of data protection anymore. Mm -hmm. Understood. When we say the US privacy shield, what does that mean? Because I know that some people know about that, but certainly there'll be a lot of listeners out there who have no idea about the Privacy Shield. I mean, where what did it, it come from and what, what is it, how does it impact them? I mean, probably a lot of people don't even know that they, they're exposed to it, potentially. No, that's true. I think the Privacy Shield was a solution, a practical solution to a problem. It used to be called Safe Harbor. Again, the European Union says you cannot process personal data outside of the European Union because those mm -hmm. countries do not have an adequate level of protection. However, there are some measures which can be taken to ensure an adequate level. Uh, those are standards contracts that you can uh, have with individual companies, but you can also uh, make some kind of self-regulatory or regulatory scheme mm -hmm. uh, that companies will abide by. They promise to abide by. You need kind of a mechanism for customers to issue a complaint if, if they think that, that companies do not abide by these rules, and these rules have to be in writing. So Safe Harbor and later the Privacy Shield mm -hmm. were actually a set of rules designed for American companies, which they would adhere by. And because they lived by those rules, 
they were thought to have an equal privacy uh, uh, protection as offered to European citizens under the GDPR. But now uh, these rules have been uh, well found invalid by the European Court of Justice. And so the entire scheme of regulation in that way is, is no longer possible. So now you have to look at individual contracts again. And I just picked up somewhere about when you mentioned the word surveillance. Is there potentially a lot, the level of surveillance going on is is more than adequate by US entities or even US governments involved in this as well, where maybe under yeah. some kind of terrorist law, some terrorist act, we went through exactly. the 2000s. Yeah. where there was a lot of information that needed to be shared between different governments. So are they collecting potentially, or they've been heard to be collecting more information than they actually need on citizens? Yeah, that was a major issue. So mm-hmm. the, the major issue in the European uh, Court of Justice ruling and, and the major issue also with data storage in the United States is that companies also with use of the privacy shield cannot really protect you from surveillance by the American mm-hmm. government. And there are some, also in the privacy shield, there are some extra requirements for surveillance by the American government. So basically, yeah, they, they need to have some kind of thought about any transgression you might have made, but it's not as strict as it is in Europe. And the transgression should be in the field of, you know, terrorism or espionage or some other kind of threats to the military or stuff like that. But it's still very, very broad and Mm -hmm. so basically it's too broad and also as a european citizen being investigated by the american authorities that way they felt that even under the privacy shield you didn't have enough mechanisms to issue a complaint and and to see justice done Mm -hmm. understood but i've got a question which is a little bit closer to my heart which is what do you think about obviously the uk exit now around the eu and how that's going to impact privacy are we going to see something similar coming along the lines of that we're going to have to have a, uh, an agreement in place between the UK and the European Union about data because, of course, they were part of the GDPR family. Um, but I'm starting to see already customers coming to me asking, you know, have you got a data residency option in the UK? Can we move our data uh, into UK servers? I think what the uh, what the case is with Brexit, because uh, obviously with Brexit, the UK is not part of the European Union anymore. And so it is a country outside of the European Union. And by default, it is not thought to offer uh, the same level of data privacy protection mm-hmm. as countries within the European Union that have to comply with the GDPR. However, it is possible that as a country being outside the European Union, you still adapt the GDPR, even though you're not part of it. So I think some of the Scandinavian countries have done so. So mm-hmm. data transfers with, with, with Scandinavian countries is considered to be legal because there is an adequacy decision of the European Union saying that, okay, they might not have the GDPR, but they do have privacy legislation. And it looks so much like the GDPR that these countries also ensure an adequate level of protection i think mm-hmm. it's already the case for like guernsey and jersey and and and, and yeah. the islands and it's also the case for i think argentina and probably some kind of construction will be thought out for great britain after the brexit as well yeah because i'm just thinking in our friends across the front the pond there that we have a, a great relationship with um you know after brexit those companies that are based in london or in the uk that also have tentacles and operations within the European Union could add a lot of complexity again around this privacy shield or anything that gets presented in the future. 
right? With data. You're absolutely right. Yeah, because especially with the introduction of the GDPR, it had a profound impact because it, it requires a lot of more administration. Mm-hmm. So you have to be able to uh, show GDPR compliance in, in the same way you have to do so uh, financially. So with auditing and with an, an, a paper trail showing the compliance uh, steps that you have taken. So mm-hmm. if there's a Brexit, it definitely means that you need to do more research, you need to, mm-hmm. do, need to do more contracting, you need to do more auditing to make sure that the suppliers and the partners that mm-hmm. you work with in the UK are also compliant to the rules of the GDPR. Yeah. Because I do follow Australia as well closely, who has this kind of uh, this law which needs providers to share information if requested by law enforcement agencies. Mm-hmm. And I know that obviously the US is another one, the UK is another one as well, um, that was trying to follow similar lines. And I'm just trying to sort of get your feeling about how that could play out in the future as well. It could make the the whole um, environment very, very complex for businesses. Yeah, it definitely can. Mm-hmm. We we already see that. Well, most businesses that we work for have very much like their customers and appreciate their customers and and want to make sure that they mm-hmm. are compliant with uh, the the GDPR. Uh, rules, but if you look at the complexity of the landscape of, mm-hmm. of data processing, of the IT infrastructure, and of of the contracting, it's you kind of can't do without mm-hmm. specialists anymore. Just if you have an accountant, yeah. you, you need you need somebody who knows privacy because it it, yeah. it gets so complicated. Yeah. Okay. This has been fascinating, Yiti, to have your input and feedback on this. Yiti, thank you very much for joining us bye. today. Uh, bye. Now. Bye now. Take care. <laughs> And that's it for today's episode of Under Control. You can find links to all of our social platforms and to our guests in the episode description. If you like the show, make sure to subscribe and leave a review. Join us in two weeks' time for the next episode.